What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, there was an interesting interview that dropped um, between uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Nicole Jokic on Michael's Mike's podcast called Curious Mike. You can check it out on YouTube, Apple, uh, all the places, basically wherever you can get. The Mortcast is, is the same place you can get uh, Mike's podcast. Uh, it's called Curious Mike, and this one with Nicole Jokic is really interesting in a sense that not that there was any breaking news, but it was like Jokic kind of relaxing and opening opening up. And this is something that's a good thing about podcasts um, is that generally as a conversation, radios are very answer, question, answer, question, answer. Um, with podcasts, it's, it's the same, but it's more of a conversation. And it was a nice to get a little bit of opening up conversation with Nikola Jokic. He talked about his process, about whether he feels pressure or not, on how he deals with fame, top five players in the NBA, and all this stuff. And, of course, there has been the out-of-context out people out there who have taken snippets of the interview and, and kind of jerry-rigged them into narrative things that they already have about Nikola Jokic, specifically the top five players in the NBA thing, which he was, he said to start, it's really hard to do it. And he didn't, you know, I think he just forgot to include Giannis. And of course the, uh, weirdo on very online, uh, Milwaukee people, uh, were very up in arms about that. But in general, Jokic didn't say anything that we didn't already know about him, which is something that um, is okay. I mean, I don't need to know everything about Nikola Jokic. I don't need to know anything about every everything about every player. Uh, I think we expect too much, and we are a very online society. So um, when we get to these interviews and stuff like that, it, it just becomes... You rather than focusing on the personality and the interaction, we we focus on what is said because we are in a snapshot uh, era, and snapshots work better with with narrative with you know controversial things and all this stuff. Um, Loki Mike has had a really good uh, run of podcasts this year, really good. Um, he he generally has genuinely seems to have a great. Uh, feel with how to interact with people, particularly people he's comfortable with. Um, the Aaron Gordon one, it was great. Um, and the uh, Bones Highland one was good. The uh, one with Jokic isn't going to be notable because it has Jokic. But actually, the thing that was most notable about uh, Mike's interview was his about a 10-minute monologue at the end where he talks about his own relationship with Nikola Jokic and his evolving relationship with Nikola Jokic. And I think that sort of thing is probably worth the entire podcast more um, than anything that uh, Jokic actually said. Um, because w what is notable, and I think this is someone who has had done a podcast since 2011, you know, everyone has a different format. Some people use, and I'll get to this in the second half, but some people use their podcasts to expand their brand, uh, expand the brand of their companies, and all this stuff that's valid. Uh, some people use podcasts to get hard-hitting interviews. Um, some people use podcasts to tell stories, uh, do true crime stuff, all this stuff. You know, everyone's familiar with the modus operandi of podcasting by now. Well, the way I always looked at podcasting was, especially like back in the day when Nate Timmons and I would would 
podcast with uh, uh, Tim Connolly, um, I, I can't speak for Nate, but my own approach to that was to get him to, to, to be human. Because we knew Tim on that level. We just wanted to get people to know Tim on the, at least I did. What I, I wanted to get people to know Tim on the same level we did. I never really had a desire to get gotcha questions or anything like that. Because, you know, quite frankly, it, it wouldn't have translated well, to be honest with you. And, and back when we first interviewed Tim, back in 2013, um, podcasting wasn't exactly what you would call as prevalent as it is right now and this was very much a dip your toe in kind of thing but Tim was comfortable with us and what it evolved into was us having a personality people getting to know Tim Connolly on a fundamental level because we were able to translate to them uh, the way Tim was and Tim went on with me Uh, he did I think 12, 12 or 13 podcasts with us over his tenure, uh, didn't do any podcasts post pandemic. Um, and I, that, that's something I truly regret, but coming back to Jokic, um, I think what Michael Porter Jr. Understands is that he is interacting with people he knows on a human level, which is an interesting, and I think probably p- more preferable way to operate as a podcaster. Uh, Mike asked questions that were, and I wouldn't call them, deep um i would say but they were personable and people will respond to personable questions it was very relaxed it was very easy if you do if you listen to the video version if you watch the video version excuse me um you'll just see those two guys just relaxing and talk chatting and which is really what it was and he gave Jokic gave him 20 minutes and he he knocked it out of the park um you know, some of the things that Jokic said were, were interesting in a sense that it just kind of confirmed what we already knew about him. Um, you know, the, the, it, except for like talking about how he is obsessed with winning and all that stuff, which is something that is something that I think he's very aware that he needs to dispel. Um, I think it was uh, it was a eye-opening and jarring experience for Nikola Jokic to have his reaction to the post, uh, the, you know, the post-game celebrations um, after the Nuggets won the title uh, last June. And uh, the reactions to that and the, the way that he came across. I think he became aware of it and I think it bugged him. So you have seen something different this year from him. This this is all wrapped up in including Jokic doing the uh, um, the two commercials for Hotels.com. Okay, so those two those things I kind of think of this as the same package as the Hotels.com uh, commercials. It is Jokic trying to accept that the the NBA slash American way of doing things is different than the way he would per- approach it in Serbia. Serbia, he is more comfortable. It's his home country. And even most Serbians aren't as, you know, Novak Djokovic is, Djokovic, excuse me, is uh, different from Jokic. He's more, much more comfortable with doing the fame thing. Um, Jokic, on the other hand, is, is just, you could tell in the interview, and he said it, he would just like to not be known after he retires. He would, he would disappear into the Serbian shadows and that's fine. 
So Tim Duncan did the same thing. I mean, this, you don't have to be constantly looking for the spotlight. Um, that's not something that everyone craves, and it's but it's a very American thing, and I think that's a cultural thing, and it's just it's one of, it's it's those things that it's been extremely difficult to translate to the American public, which they think you are very good at. We think I should say not they, we as Americans think you are good at this thing. You should be out there celebrating yourself, essentially. Uh, and that's just something, not something Jokic does. And it's a cultural thing. And I've discussed that a lot. Um, but it comes home a little more in his, his, in his uh, interview with Michael Porter Jr. It's really hard to bridge the cultural divide in a sport that is ostensibly very international, but really isn't. Um, the NBA the sport is international. That's the greatest export that the uh, United States has had in terms of sports. There's there's nothing that has reached more globally than 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 the sport of basketball. On the flip side of that, the NBA is very national. The NBA is very um, uh, United States centric, and the fandom is very United States centric. So that has been a difficult translation for both the, and I'll get to this in the future because Ethan Strauss was on his bullshit again after, uh, after, uh, the Christmas day ratings came out and I'm going to discuss that next week. Um, but there is a, there is a, a, a cultural divide when it comes to the NBA, but not Basketball. Basketball is America's, as I said before, America's greatest sports export. Everyone in the league, in in in, in not in the league, everyone in the in the world plays, uh, has some exposure to basketball, and because it's cheap, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, what is it like? It's like soccer, in a sense that, or soccer football, if you're listening to this and not from the United States. Um, it is a it is a sport that is cheap to play. You know, with with soccer, you you need a ball and a, a inflated ball. Essentially, that's all you need. With basketball, you need a ball and access to a hoop. And a hoop is a really cheap thing to make if you don't have one. You know, and here's a funny story. When I was a kid, uh, when I was a kid back in the '80s, my stepfather. In Arvada, when we were growing up, he put on the side of the house a homemade uh, basketball hoop that he just found found a hoop from some basket, you know, something. That, I think it was a, I think it was a uh, hoop that had been a basketball stanchion and hoop that had been thrown away. Well, he took just the hoop, constructed a uh, bit of ply plywood, drew a circle where the square is supposed to be on the, uh, uh, on the, on the hoop. And he put it on the side of the house where there was no, there was, we had a dry, a driveway that went all the way through the two, through the side to the back. And we would play on that. And then later we graduated to a stanchion that was put in front of the house, like most white, you know, suburban kids in the, in the eighties and early nineties. So we, we, we had that access, but it was cheap. It was really cheap. And, um, it was on the side of the garage and I'd spent hours and hours and hours and hours out there. The things that I would do to think 
and uh, do to uh, just get out of my own head or play guitar and uh, uh, play basketball, shoot hoops, because there was something comforting about the rhythm of it, you know. Um, but, but the point I'm making here is it's cheap and it's it's easy to translate to countries that don't have the wealth. You know, hockey's expensive, football's expensive, uh, and hockey is Canadian, so it's it's not an American sport. There's there's two. There's three um, quote-unquote American sports, baseball, football, and basketball. And all of them involve some level of cheapness. And, and the cheapest ones are the ones that translate the, 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 the farthest. And it becomes relatable. Basketball is America's a great export. And Jokic plays basketball. But he doesn't, he doesn't interact in, in the NBA way. And the NBA is completely different. I've said this multiple times on CSG. The N- NBA basketball is different from from the uh, from just regular basketball. NBA is its own thing. It's it's it, the rules are di- and all the players that come over from Europe have to adapt because it's different. They play different basketball. Now you could say the NBA is the natural and apex form of basketball, and everything else is just a derivation. Uh, that would complete be completely valid too. It is it is the peak basketball in the NBA, and everyone else plays a different form of that. So these are obviously both two sides of the same coin in that sense. Jokic plays basketball, and the cultural aspect of it and all the other things that come with it, it's very clear in his in his interview with Michael Porter Jr. that he doesn't get or under, um, want to necessarily get down with the fame part of something that is very intrinsic to the NBA slash being in the United States. Um, and that is something that is... Uh, Probably a divide that will never be bridged. And in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about branding and how our obsession with branding has kind of diminished a lot of other things and it has really legislated out the, uh, the, the being an individual and being your own thing. And I think this is it'll be an important conversation, and I hope everyone interacts with it after I post this. So anyway, but before I get to that, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazie in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Um, like I said earlier, a couple weeks ago, I went to their, uh, their, their uh, fifth anniversary party. Great time. Uh, great time, great vibe. Uh, the Dairy Block location is uh, one of my favorite places to go in Denver. In fact, it's a good leaping off point. If I'm going to have uh, dinner downtown, pre-gaming it at Blanchard is great. Have a glass of wine there. Go go have dinner. Um, it's a, just a great vibe. And they also have great some great wines. Their reds are fantastic. I've, I like all their varietals of reds, but I prefer the cab. Uh, but their Pinot is great. Um, they only have that available in bottles. Um, but they have all these things that are available to you that are really, really great wines. If you're into wine and you just want to sit, relax, chill, have fun with friends, Blanchard Family Wines is a place for you to go. They also have a location in Fort Collins. Uh, check that out if you're in northern Colorado. They have a private tasting room in Golden. And, of course, their original location in Sonoma County, California. 
They also have partnerships with Western Slope wineries and one of uh, about three or four varietals of their wines that come specifically from grapes that are grown in the Western Slope. So check those out. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple of walks, blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. I, through, throughout my entire life, I have struggled with going with the flow, being, being one of the crowd. Um, that's not something I have ever, I don't necessarily think it's a, I mean, I have a second podcast called the Gen X show. I don't necessarily think it's a quote unquote Gen X thing. Although I think a lot of us, a lot of people I know are like that very individualistic, um, very not go with the hype people, which is really irritating. And I understand how irritating that is. So I'm not here advocating for that right now. But I do have an affinity for people who are do their own thing, because to me that strikes me as authentic. And a lot of, and a lot of the reactions in our brand focused society is is based on people who just kind of do are excellent within the brand. And I think that sort of thing has hurt Nikola Jokic in a sense that he's he's kind of like, he's not like me. Um, he's not cynical. He is not adverse to hype. He is none of those things. He, I, he, he doesn't have that element of Jeff Morton in him. Okay. Uh, I am, I am significantly older than him, almost 20 years older than him. So I'm, I'm, you know, this isn't, this isn't me drawing atten- attention to myself with Jokic. Um, but there is a individualism with Jokic that is very different from, his own generation. Um, he kind of just does his thing and doesn't care. And I think a lot of that has to do with how he was raised. It's not necessarily a Serbian thing. I just think he is that way. And uh, as a as a Gen Zer, or is he a late millennial? I, I, I can't. I can. Where where that age breaks down between millennial and and uh, and Gen Z, I, I I struggle with. But his individualism and his lack of affinity for quote branding is something that will eventually hurt him in a sense that it will hurt his legacy very specifically in the NBA. The NBA is very brand centric. The NBA wants you to be part of a brand. The NBA wants you to be branding. Um, as I discussed last year or this earlier this year, um, this, this, Obsession with branding comes from the fact that the NBA abdicated responsibility to market its own product at the peak Jordan era, basically. Uh, didn't felt that because Jordan was such a monolith and such a singular presence that he, he, mar- he, he marketed the NBA better than the NBA ever could. And the NBA understood that. So their response was to to but basically and, and this was such a 90, late 90s thing was to farm out the the marketing to individual players get endorsement deals and you will promote our product your fame will bring that along the nba has struggled with players who weren't like that tim duncan was like that although tim duncan did more ads than people give him credit for and in fact his rookie fucking year he and tim pardon my language he and tim duncan did a very famous ad where he and he and Dun- he uh excuse me he and uh, uh david robinson i am so sorry getting getting my words um he took 
he took that really, I think that was his rookie year. He and David Robinson on a basketball court, heavily promoting himself. That was his rookie year. Tim Duncan wasn't adverse to to advertisement. Jokic seems to be. But, but some of this is like the NBA just wants you to market them. But a lot of that has to do with branding yourself. And Jokic doesn't seem to be very interested at all in self-branding. He doesn't want to be... Nikola Jokic with a little TM. Okay, he doesn't want that. He wants just to be, and he said in his interview, we're just basketball players, which is a not an approach that is very friendly to the NBA. The NBA wants you to be a brand. And this got me thinking, this, this whole, this, this element that, that, that Jokic brought up here with, with just being basketball players got me thinking about not only that, but the way society has become obsessed with branding and individualism and wanting to, wanting to, I mean, like not individualism. I take that back. Individualism is not a part of it. Branding is a very communal thing because you want fame. Uh, individualism is just, I, I do my thing. And you do your own thing and you don't care about the consequences of it, which is more of a Jokic thing. Um, and obviously there's drawbacks to individualism. Quite frankly, I can tell you based on how uh, my podcast has gone is I'm not as famous, as, even though I'm the oldest podcast in Denver is to covers the nuggets and probably the second oldest sports podcast in Denver after uh, South stands. Um, Despite all of that, uh, I don't have the notoriety of the newer podcasts that have come because I just have no interest in doing branding. I just have none. None. I don't want to do t-shirts. I, I thought about it repeatedly, and it's just, it, it makes me sick. I don't, I don't want it. I, it's just, who, who, who would buy a Jeff Morton shirt? Seriously. It, 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 it's just, why would anyone do that sort of thing? It makes me, it makes me uncomfortable to even think about doing that. More than that, though, Nikola Jokic and his a lot of his issues are self-inflicted. I've said this over again, I'm over and over again. His notoriety goes as far as his desire to want to to market. Some of this is some xenophobic stuff that happens just in general from the American slash European thing, and which is something that is it makes that makes me uncomfortable to think about. But on on the other flip side of it. If you don't go with a brand and if you don't go with the flow and market yourself relentlessly and become uh, like have Jokic t-shirts of your own. I'm not talking about ones that others do, but he, the Jokic t-shirts, Jokic shoes. And he has a shoe deal with a Chinese company now. And Jokic is just like, it, I'm, I'm sure they backed a dump truck full of money up to his door. And that's probably one of the only reasons he did it. Um, and he has things like that, but he's not actively out there selling it. You don't see him in commercials selling his own things. I mean, he did do one announcing his arrival with this Chinese brand, but it's not part of his thing. And if you aren't out there marketing yourself due to the way we are online right now, people just stop thinking about you in that way, which is, which is a weird communal thing, right? In order for you to be front of mind with online people, you have to be online yourself. 
And by online, I mean constantly marketing, constantly putting yourself out there, doing all of this that clearly Nikola Jokic has no interest in. The brand becomes bigger than you, essentially is what it is. The Jok- they want the Nikola Jokic TM to be bigger than the individual Nikola Jokic, and he has no interest in that. And in that way, I kind of relate to that because I have no desire. Like I point this out again, if, if it's just weird me thinking about any sort of Jeff Morton branding or or T-shirt, it just makes no sense to me. You know, if I was doing something significant, I, it, it it would probably make a little more sense to me. But I just don't. I'm self promotion to that level. I just can't get behind. And a lot of that is my sensibility with with the sellout sensibility and all this stuff, which is a pathological thing indicative of Jeff, uh, as it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with people my age. It has everything to do with me. I just don't, I'm not wired that way. And it seems like in that sense, Nikola Jokic isn't either. He just, as he pointed out in the interview, he would like to disappear. And his, 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 his uh, desire, um, not desire, but his his joy came from the realizing eventually after he got over his relief at winning. His joy came from eventually seeing how happy the people were. And I believe that moment came during the parade. I believe that moment came when they got up on stage and, you know, he says, I want to stay on parade after the whole parade comment after the game. Um... There is a, there is a, there was a realization that he made a ton of people in Denver happy, and I think that's something that he cared about more than anything, which he basically he admitted. You know, branding in sports is 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 one of those things that if you are not comfortable with it, you won't succeed. Branding in media is the same thing. It's, I mean, this the God's honest truth. I just, it's it's brand, 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 brand. And if you don't play the game, you get left behind. In the sense that you become more of a of a, of a niche, and, and and your niche is whatever it is that you established. I am fortunate in a sense that CSG has been around for so long that it's baked in, and I guess in that sense, kind of despite my 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 best efforts, I have kind of perversely become a brand despite me not wanting to. So I guess in that sense, everyone eventually does, especially if you're in the spotlight for that long and I'm not in the spotlight. So Jokic is his own brand, whether he wants to or not, but he's, his lack of desire to to participate in the branding has, has limited his, his ability to be famous in the United States. And if he doesn't care about that, he doesn't care about that. He's perfectly content. So uh, I think I think this is more of a societal thing, and like I said, I'm going to address Sherwood Strauss's. I'll I'll address him next week, um, but uh, I hope you all stay tuned for that because I, I, he drives me insane, always has. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess that's that's all I had to say here. Uh, stay away from branding. <laughs> so uh, okay. Anyway, uh, thank you all for joining me on uh, the last. Uh, Mortcast of uh, 2023. I hope you all enjoyed the journey this year. I'll be back in 2024 with another episode. Goodbye.